Welcome to Hello Universe, a podcast about spirituality in our everyday lives. We're your co-hosts, Kylie and Eva. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Hello Universe. This is Kylie here doing a solo intro, and I am so excited about today's show. Honestly, this interview with Aaron... um, had a really significant impact and you'll probably hear the moment where I, like something clicks together for me um, around the role that surrender can play and what it can really mean in our lives. And um, yeah, this, this, this interview really shifted something profound for me. And so I know it will for you as well. But before I fully introduce our guest, I do have a brief uh, promo to share with you, which is that doors are open for Heal Your Business Story. Um, This is my signature course. It's a 12-week course. And the idea behind it actually, in in some ways, ties in well to the theme of this episode, which is that, you know, we have all these desires, right? There's so many people I talk to every day who are artists, who are creators, who are like really committed to making the world a better place. And we are saddled with all this baggage about what's possible about what we're deserving of, about what we're allowed to have, and about the conditions of receiving that. And as a result, you know, there's all these amazing artists and healers and coaches who are really struggling to make it financially. Uh, You know, either you're stuck at a nine to five that you really want to get rid of, or you are working for yourself, but there's kind of this constant threat hanging over your head that this will be the week or the month that there isn't quite enough money. And, And that's such a tragedy because your gifts are so beautiful. And if you have that calling in your heart, it means, it means something, right? And that is your own highest self. It's your own relationship to the universe coming through to say, like, you're here for this to be of service. And, and my particular healing magic can show up to help you, um, remember that you also get to be supported, right? You get to have your needs met. You get to be of service and also um, have your needs met. So that's what Heal Your Business Story is really about. It's 12 weeks long. It's really, really beautiful. We've come together in community. Um, We do lots of mindset work. And then we bring in the Akashic Records to do some really profound healing around that. Um, And multiple students have used the phrase life-changing coming out of this course. So if you're interested in the work that I do, if you know, the profile I just described speaks to you. Um, let's talk. Uh, visit my website. It's kyliecaldwell.net uh, slash HYB for Heal Your Business. Um, or just find me on the social media and shoot me a message and uh, let's chat. Uh, doors close on March 14th. So the sooner we connect, the better. Now, moving on to Aaron. So Aaron Rose is... Um, if you are not familiar with his work, I'm so excited for you because uh, he's a beautiful person to be paying attention to um, and is really devoted to social change uh, and connects that social change to a deep, deep, deep relationship to God. And he uses the word God a lot, which for a lot of us is um, you know, a tender place, right? But Aaron is someone who's really cultivated a deep relationship with the universe and, and healed uh, the notion of 
done a lot of healing around the notion of God and teaches a lot of healing around the notion of God, um, which is to say like the universe personified, right? Um, and he is the real deal. You know, he's definitely very clearly someone who lives what he is teaching. And it is a gift to be in his energy and to learn from him. And I'm really excited for you guys to um, listen to this podcast. So enjoy. Aaron, thank you so much for joining us. We're so happy to have you on the show. Thank you so much for having me here. It feels so good to be present with you in this now moment. Yeah. Amen. So uh, as you, as you've been warned, our first question is a bit of a doozy. What is spirituality to you and how does it show up in your everyday life? Mm. Yeah, it's a big question. I always love questions that I know will have a different answer in different moments. So right now for me, spirituality is the deep acknowledgement that I am so much more than my body, that there is a world beyond that which I can see with my eyes that is very alive and real around me, and that we are all one, that we're all unified in the loving embrace of our creator. And for me, spirituality shows up as moment by moment presence with life, but presence as like an act of reverence and devotion to God and living devotion to love and, and making my life that sort of like relational prayer. Mm. And then the last thing that, that comes to mind is that spirituality, it's, it's everything. It's life. It's, it's to be fully human and fully divine and to make space for it all. It's not to me a separate category of life. It is sort of the relationship with yeah, the, the ineffable mystery of, of it all. Mm. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. All right, we can all go home. Thanks so much, Aaron. It's been great. Um, I, so one of the things that I love about your work and, and why I was excited to, to chat with you is this idea of reverence, because I think that it embodies so much of how you show up and in a lot of ways, it's something that I think we have an uncomfortable relationship with in modern spirituality. Um, and so could you speak a little bit more to what you mean by reverence and how it shows up for you and, and, and how you find yourself accessing it? Totally. And I would love to hear you know, how, how it resonates for you as well. For me, reverence, it definitely comes, it's, it's the full spectrum of the intensity of life. I see it as something that's both very childlike and innocent that part of me that's always been like, look at that flower, look at that sky, like, look at that person holding hands with someone, like, and it's just so, and like, look at how delicious this meal tastes, and it's just in life, viscerally, and enjoying it, and being present with it, and that very sort of childlike wonder that's always been with me, and then there is something that I think that certain spiritual traditions have calcified and sort of made harder to access for us, but it is that more mature, full of awe, devotion to and respect for life. And this sense of like, I can't even, it means something different to me every day to say that I love God and that God loves me and that I'm in devotion to love uh, in, in every aspect of my life. But there's something that feels like an inherent responsibility in being alive where I'm like, mm. I'm, there's something so weighty to being here and I want to do right by it. Mm, yeah. God, I have like <laughs> so many thoughts. This is so beautiful. Um, 
I think you gave me words to something actually that I didn't, didn't know that I needed. <laughs> um, I want to talk about this childlike one. I think we could talk about a lot about reverence in itself, but also this idea of childlike wonder. This is more of a thought experiment. You're going to find out. I love thought experiments. I love playing with ideas. Kylie knows this. Amazing. I love that too. It's like, and especially with spirituality, right? Because there's so much unified philosophy and all these sort of ways of organizing thought, but we're here with senses and we're having new experiences in every moment. Yeah. And it's all meant to be explored. Like that's what makes it fun. But that's what makes us, uh, that's also, I think for me, how one of the ways to like own it and make it my own, right? A thing that I know to be true rather than have been told to be true is like the playground of it all. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, Eva. I guess my question is, what do you think it is that gives people this childlike wonder? Because I think that's something that I have as well. And I'm something I'm very grateful for. Um, I, I've been told before that like by my partner, by my friends that like, it's like, I make life kind of fun, right? Because it's just like, you see the magic and everything, but I know that's not everybody's experience. And what is it that you think blocks people from that? This is a question for both of you. Um, Can I ask a follow-up question? Yeah. We, we do this a lot. We tag team our questions, <laughs> yeah. which is that did childlike wonder always feel accessible to you? Or is it something that you have found yourself reclaiming? Mm, it's such a good inquiry. So when I first heard that question, Eva, it was, it, it landed for me as childlike wonder is something that is an inherent expression of our inherent innocence. It, it speaks to me as something that's organic. It's like factory installed in all of life <laughs> and, and all humans. But then we have, you know, this trauma-based system that we end up in, in various ways through our lineages, through society, where we start to learn. I think many people have a visceral moment that they remember as a kid where they were freely flowing, digging a hole, making a joke, running around, and someone stopped them. And that stopping had some kind of tinge of shame to it, or there was some kind of sense of, I need to be more serious now, or I have to be more aware of how I'm acting. Um, because I, I really, I, I feel like that, that ability to be delighted by what is, is, is something we come with. And maybe people wouldn't, you know, there are some people who don't feel that way, but that's at least my experience of it. Yeah. No, yeah. But, I, but I love that answer because I think you're, I would, I would agree. I think what I'm hearing you say is that it's, it's in everyone and it's very much a Buddhist thing. It's like, it's there. And then we forget, like, that's the only, that's the problem. It's just that we've been because of conditioning or trauma, we forget. And I often think that actually this lifetime is about the re-remembering. It's all about coming back to that. So you're, it's so interesting. My question was like, what, why do some people have it? Why, why don't some people have it? But I think you were helping me remember everyone has it. We just yeah. need to like come a, back to yeah. it. It's like, how yeah. safe do we feel having it? And when you said like, we've forgotten, then I heard like, we've been incentivized to forget in different yeah. ways. At some mm. point we thought, I will be safer if I yeah. see the world in a different way. Um, and Kylie, to answer your question about um, whether or not like I always had it, I think I always did, but my relationship to it has evolved mm. over time. And there have definitely been chapters where it was like, it was like a rebellious, like FU of like, everything is terrible right now, but like, I'm going to enjoy this sunrise. <laughs> I'm going to tell a joke and laugh about it. And like, I'm going to like, like, you know, this is not going to steal all of my joy. So there yeah. was, there were moments where it was like a discipline to let it be. Yeah. Um, and now it feels more like a gift where I'm like, oh, right. I can just enjoy all of this. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Like something you had to like protect ferociously. So it was like anger tinged joy. I, I can relate to that. <laughs> It's funny too, because so Aaron, I have a four-year-old and a almost two-year-old. And so uh, 
a lot of these things I, I think about, you know, from, from both the angle of experiencing them and then as the experience of, of holding space for my kids. And uh, the other day, my, my son was like playing with these like teeny tiny hair elastics and they were like all over the floor. And I was like, I need you to pick them up. And then he threw his milk cup on the floor. It was like a whole thing, right? It was just like him being four and like experimenting and playing with these rainbow hair elastics and also being like kind of a jerk because he knew like throwing the milk on the floor, you know, and it was this like really strange playground of you had like, and I got really impatient and I was like, not, it was not the kind of mom that I want to be right because my own baggage and I journey. I've been thinking a lot about that moment of like, like on some like level, like explosion exactly of like, like I have playing stuff and like what happens when I throw a bag and, um, of hundred tiny elastics and, around? I mean, it's, and that's a good question. I'm curious to if ask. you could speak and, to uh, what that journey and, was like, um, and what it is that you feel so compelled as part of your like what I'm here to say. Mm. Yeah, 2020 was deep for all of us. <laughs> <laughs> and I knew that it was going to be deep. Like I, like if I play back my 2020 predictions videos, I'm like, yes, yes, yes. I knew exactly what was coming, you know, down to the week in some cases, but nothing can prepare you for the human experience of also living it. Mm-hmm. And for me, you know, there, and there's many versions of, of the story at this point, but right around May of 2020, I had, I was doing a couple of podcast interviews in a week and everybody asked me the, the same question. Um, in in one way or another, where they were sort of like, you seem so happy, and you seem you've had such a dark past, and you've overcome so many things. Like, what is the thing that you would say? Like, what's the spiritual tip or the practice or whatever that you would tell people if they want to, you know, have hope that they should focus on? And it was this like deep feeling of God speaking within me, just saying like, you cannot tell a lie, and the only accurate thing that you can say right now is that you surrendered your life to God mm-hmm. several years ago. And it hit me just like this deep, deep wave. And from one perspective, it wasn't that different. I was already talking about God in my work and, and devotion and, and unconditional love and Jesus and like, you know, all of these people who've devoted their lives to love. But there was something about, it was almost like the architecture within me was shifting. Mm. And the impulse that I had was to take space to really process um, and to reset the foundation of my work in saying there is everything else I'm sharing with you, all my transformational tips and tricks, <laughs> all of my perspectives on how to heal the world, none of it was solid within my being until I got down on my knees and I said, I give my life to you, God, do with me what you will. And it was this deep moment where it was almost like God was sort of showing me, like replaying the rest of my life and saying like, can you see what it was that made the difference in these moments? Yeah. And yeah, it all stemmed from this one place is kind of what I'm hearing you say. And it sounds like, it's almost like there was, sounds like there was an opportunity, like opportunity for you to go deeper. Cause like, yeah, you were already talking about it, but the thing that's, I think so like profound, I guess, about spirituality is like, you think you get to a certain place and then there's more, like it can be felt more, it can be experienced more, it can be understood more. And then you just like, you either stay where you're at or you can be like, no, I'm going in. <laughs> I just saw like, like the, they talk about spirit, like growth is like a spiral. It was like, I got to a point in the spiral and then it was like a trap door and I went down <laughs> to, the, to like the deepest depths and then I came back out. Because what happened is God really was like, you need to start saying God and you like, you need to come out for me in a different way. And you're going to help a group of people 
who are separate from their essential nature because of the way that the word God has been used to traumatize them because of religion. And I had that experience growing up Catholic. And so I very joyfully answered the call and like Mayor June was like, great, let's talk about God. Like we're gonna heal some religious trauma. We're just gonna layer that into everything else I'm doing. But when you answer the call, you get taken on a ride sometimes. And what I got taken on was like three months of me feeling unable to post on social media and excavating every last little part of me that still believed the lies of religious programming and still thought that I was unworthy of God's love. Mm. And so I had quite the summer and then I came back. <laughs> wow. Oh my God. I, I Well, it, I want to say I love this because obviously it's easy to say that now that we're on, you're on the other side of that, you know, but um, yeah, Kylie and I, talk about this all the time I'm sure you know everyone experiences it when you want to get to this new level the universe is going to show you all of the things that are un, out of alignment with that level and so you're going to have to like do the work or you use the word ex excavate which I really love which then I think brings us to our big conversation I have in my notes let's talk about G-O-D <laughs> because like that I think is um I heard you singing that in like a salt and pepper you yeah. know like <laughs> yeah <laughs> Oh God, the notorious G-O-D. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, because well, yeah. I was new to, to your work. Kylie re, uh, introduced me to you um, and I was going through Instagram and I scrolled through all your stuff until I got to the bottom and I was like, wait, like it just ended. And I was like, I have a feeling there was a whole nother story, a whole nother book written between before this whole Instagram account. And, the, and then your last, your, your first post, I guess, essentially was about like, God, you just came out and you were like, we're going to talk about this. And I really love that. And so already I can hear some of our listeners potentially being like, oh no, like I, I'm going to like switch this off, but I want to just um, urge listeners to stay with us. Cause I think this conversation is, is probably going to be some real medicine. And what would you say, right. To that, like instinctive, like I actually remember it was our second interview guest and we had someone come on and he was talking about prayer. I also grew up Catholic and I had this like tightening in my chest, <laughs> right? Like, oh shit, someone's talking about prayer. Like, um, and it ended up being very healing because he spoke about prayer as a dialogue instead of just like, you know, someone else on to, you know, wrote these words down for me and I have to say them out loud. Um, but if any of our listeners are experiencing sort of that kind of tension around God, what would you say to them? I think as a starting place. Well, the first thing I would say is like, your experience is completely valid. And however you feel is fine. And I'm not trying to convince you of anything. And there's just healing and acknowledging like, wow, if I feel, if I feel triggered by this, if I feel resistant, that doesn't have to change. Like you can just mm. notice that and be with that. And there's no pressure. Um, and the second thing I'll say is that there are moments where I feel quite expansive about how I might refer to God. Like God is, God is known to me and God is also infinitely mysterious and People say source, creator, all that is, universe, you know, but I was called to start saying God because it triggers people, <laughs> because religious did us, religion did us dirty and like it, it messed with us mm -hmm. and it put in this programming that I, a lot of people call it the false father program, where it was like God as this distorted patriarchal authority that you were always kind of in trouble with and controlled mm -hmm. your life, but with no real reason and that sounds like all the adults that I grew up with, but not the God that I actually experience yeah. now that I've healed that relationship. Um, and yeah, just that whatever religion has told us that doesn't feel true in our bodies, we can listen to our bodies. We can listen to our hearts. We can, we don't have to, um, we don't even have to be in conversation with what we've heard God is. We can just be curious about, do I feel like there's a creator? Do I feel like it would be nice to feel like 
all that is, is on my side. Mm -hmm. And I always just start from a place of willingness. Like, am I, am I interested in having a new experience? And if so, am I willing to open Mm -hmm. up to that? Yeah. I mean, I think that sounds like a wonderful entry point because exactly. It's like what people are so turned off by is the force and the people trying to change their minds and having it shoved down your throat sometimes. And I think this is so like, just hearing you talk about that feels so open, like a relief. It's like, you kind of get to no, no one else is going to tell you, like you get to decide. (laughs) Totally. And for me, that's like the new paradigm too, is, is sovereignty. God has the best boundaries. I fully believe that we have free will and that our reality responds to us. Quantum physics shows us this through many different experiments that our reality responds to our choice. And if God is going to respect us enough to not intervene in our lives unless we say I'm willing, then us as human beings really owe that to each other as well. And mm, yeah, there was just just another layer coming through just around around heart and letting it be a lived experience not an imposed ideology and just for anybody listening who who isn't clear i had just a categorically traumatizing catholic experience like i hated the word god i hated prayer i was like f all of this like yeah jesus was cool but like i'll find someone else who changed the world to inspire me <laughs> like no mm-hmm. so, I, and I was deeply like agnostic for a long time and now I'm here. What was the, like, um, what was the, is there a first moment? Cause I feel like for a lot of us who kind of feel, have an agnostic period and then end up deeply spiritual, there's kind of this one moment that like stands out as the beginning of a new chapter. Do you have one of those moments? Yeah. And I'm actually feeling called to say too, about God that like, this is intimate. Like when I think about things that are intimate, like our relationships with each other, our sexuality, like any, any aspect of our private life that we are more than welcome to speak about publicly and can have great conversations about, there's still something there that's like, it's for you. Yeah. And I think that what religion has done too, is like made us all feel like we have to intellectually explain something Mm. that cannot be intellectually explained. And, so and like this, oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead. Also, I think this idea of like loyal, like loyalty is required, right? That like you have to, you know, <laughs> these are the 10 commandments. If you want to be in this club, like you have to agree to whatever these kind of, like this is what we believe. Um, and um, there's no room for sovereignty in there. And there's no room for an individual relationship, right? It's just the, like, you're one of the masses and either you're in or you're out. And that is deeply opposite of intimacy. Yeah. 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 Mm. And yeah, the moment it crept up on me. It was for me, it was actually tied to choosing to be sober from drugs and alcohol. I didn't really identify as having a problem with that, but there was, it was like something within me knew that there was something between me and where I was meant to be and that I needed to take that out. And it was the process of that stripping away. And when I did that, God came rushing in. That's and I full body chills as I say that. It's like, mm-hmm. that's the only way I can explain it. And within two months of choosing to be sober, I was on my knees with my friend in his apartment in, in Chelsea in Manhattan saying the surrender prayer, saying, I offer my life to you, God, do with me what you will. Relieve me of the bondage of self. 
um, that I may better do your will. Take away my difficulties so that victory over them may bear witness to others, or no, may bear witness to those I would help of your power, mm -hmm. your love, and your way of life. And it's one of those things where I look back and it was, what I love about it is how organic it was. And that's really what the excavation of last summer was for me too, is how to speak about something so, so organic and inherent to me um, without any of that overly structured religious energy. Because it was like, as if I was an, uh, an animal who was doing something that just every other animal does. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, I was, I was just saying these words and I was reconnecting. I was coming back to source. Mm. Uh, I was somewhat laughing as you were describing your experience of um, removing drugs and alcohol because uh, I've used almost the exact same words around my sobriety. Like I stopped drinking, again, not because I was, you know, anyway, for whatever reasons I stopped and I literally felt like God came rushing in. And within a month, I remember laying in a yoga class and just like hearing the voice of God in Shavasana, <laughs> which was something that I had always experienced and turned off. And I channel in the Akashic Records is my like main source of like magic. So hearing the voice of God is kind of my jam. Um, and yeah, that's exactly how I describe it. It's like something got removed and then God just came like rushing in to fill the vacuum. That's uh, really powerful medicine. Whenever we, to your point earlier, Eva, like whenever we can knock loose what's not in alignment mm -hmm. just that space gets filled yeah there's an opportunity for that space to get then, filled with yeah you like clear healing. up your channel essentially yeah <laughs> yeah you yeah. make space yeah so yeah. okay i have two questions that might be lumped into one so i'm just going to ask them and then you can answer them however i moon in aquarius i'd like to <laughs> i'm happy to have five concurrent okay good perfect okay. you're in the right place <laughs> exactly <laughs> i think my question is so what is your relationship <sighs> I almost, I'm trepidatious about asking this question because I'm like, we just talked about how it's not something that can be described in words, but I'm going to ask it anyway. How do you describe God, I suppose, in your relation? Or, yeah, like, yeah, I mean, you were always talking about God. Now it seems like there was a shift in you. Is there any, anything different about the way that you talk about God? And the second question is also then also, what is your relationship with religion now? Mm. What I love about where I'm at with God now it's where I feel like I'm at in my relationships too, where I'm like, I love you and I know so much about you. And like, we got a good thing going, but like, please tell me who you are tomorrow because you could be completely different. Like there's mm. this sort of deep intimacy, but this respect for mm. what I don't know. And for me, uh. God, yeah, is, I feel deeply that I was created, that I'm part of some larger symphony that I am, part of the oneness that all of us are um, and and God feels yeah not at all like that mean old man in the sky that <laughs> that I sort of grew up with and more um, I would say God feels very multifaceted as well we see that in you know many different religious traditions I have the many faces of God and sometimes I'm just like I got my best buddy and I'm like driving my car and I, God's like in the passenger seat and I'm like yo what do you think about this man like okay like please back me up you know like I talk to God like that and sometimes I'm like on my knees in the forest just like crying like how did you make all of this like why am I here like I love you and different in the same way that like you have those moments with you know if you're in love with someone and you're in deep relationship you're like what's up like you know, here's a silly joke. And then other times you're like, you are the most magnificent creature. How can I even behold you right now? Yeah. Uh, so it's a relationship for sure. 
I love this. It sounds like such a beautiful relationship. (laughs) Um, what I'm hearing you say, I have, uh, my mentor who I work with, um, she, she signs all her emails, something, I think something along the lines of in devotion to the mystery. And I feel like what you're saying is very much reminding me of that, which is that it's something, you know, intimately and also don't know at all. It's the paradox of, and you don't, I almost feel like the more we can just say, we don't know, like that becomes the like relationship. And I'm saying this to myself because I will go in and ask these pointed questions and be like, well, what is God? Like, blah, blah, blah. And and then I ask these questions. I'm like, oh yeah, like you are helping me remember. It's the paradox of not knowing, which is such a different way to live our life than what we're used to, which is that, you know, we have to be, have to know it's going to work. We have to know it's going to be guaranteed. It all has to make sense. Blah, 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 blah. And what's paradoxical even in that for me is that there's so much unknown and yet I'm a hundred percent clear on the laws of this universe. And I know that if I'm willing to have a new experience and then I state my intention out loud and I offer it up completely, that it will be transformed to love and I will have a completely miraculous experience and that there is nothing that love cannot change and overcome and restore because love is the default. Everything else is like a departure or it's like a, I almost see just sort of like, you know, like a, like a ball being thrown and like rolling back. It's like, yeah. we can, we can go, we can go away, but, but we're always being drawn back and, and that the permanence and the e- eternal nature of love feels very clear to me. And, mm-hmm. and that's what I'm always leaning into of like, where, where have I not let God hydrate my being yet? Where am I still holding it by myself? and acting like a little cell that has to do all of my jobs by myself instead of understanding that there's something much larger that's just waiting for me to re-enter its like collective symphony so that everything can just be as it's meant to be. It occurs to me, I'm pulling from different bits of our conversation that the magic of surrender, which is very much my lesson at the moment is like a deep comfort with the not knowing that you're speaking about Eva and a like full body confidence in the like absolute truth of universal love. And we like flip it, right? It's like, oh, (laughs) I will be comfortable not knowing once I've guaranteed this is gonna work, (laughs) right? Like we do it opposite so many times, um, but, but there's the magic and the place that like I can feel myself being pulled to and like, spiral wise we're always going into is like um you know like in in my life in particular I've been like really thinking about and learning about security and safety and how we allow ourselves to feel secure and safe in our bodies and I've been kind of playing this game with God where (laughs) a couple weeks ago I stood in my office and yelled at him like literally like threw my phone across the room ugly cried like yelled at God and it was it was very nourishing because like any good parent, like he could, he could hold space for my temper tantrum. Like, you know, he, <laughs> he could, he was fine. And it was about this like desire for a level of security that I have never known before because I've never let myself like um, sink into the surrender. Right. So anyways, um, I guess what I'm trying to share is the way in which we long for security and like a deep sense of safety in our bodies and the secret to it, I, I believe, uh, that I'm hearing you guys say is trusting the universal love and 
stop trying to fucking figure out all the answers. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But this is, this is the question. I bet you get asked this all the time. Um, you talk about surrender a lot, but what does that mean? Can you talk about like how, mm. like when you say you're living your life in devotion to God, I want to talk about that conceptually, but also because I think this podcast is about grounding it in um, tangible everyday things that we can understand. Like, how does that show up? Totally. Yeah. I love to be practical about it. So for me, there's like a baseline foundational. I really believe in the power of the word. Everything quantum physics shows us every single thing in existence is popping in and out of existence many times a second. Like that, which seems permanent, its particles are disappearing and presumably going back to God slash source and re-emanating based on the choice, the collective choice in perception. Um, and so for me, I'm always like, and this is what was a bit where any level of like ferocity in my return to social, social media came from knowing in my own experience that if I can create a foundational level of like, I'm with God, I am surrendered to love and to miracles that that creates a base level of protection and right relationship in my life. And so some it's, for me, it starts the moment that I wake up. Sometimes I'm like, yeah, I'm awake. Thank you, God. I love you so much. I give my life to you. Sometimes I'm like, all I want to do is pick up my phone and scroll and see some TikToks to make my brain feel full of dopamine. And like, I don't want to wake up right now. And like, I'm scared and I don't want to say anything out loud. And then it's like this process of getting myself to the place where I can say it out loud. And I can mm. say, God, I offer my life to you. Like, mm. I'm, I'm ready and willing to have a good day. Like, use me as you will. Like, I, and, and, and praying sometimes if I feel a little bit of the fear, use me in a way that's mutually nourishing for everybody involved. Like, um, and offering up my hopes and my dreams as well. So there's that foundational piece. Um, and, and it comes from really understanding that every single problem in the world, there's basically one problem, which is a separation from God and love. And then there's only one solution. And so I know that if I can just be used in the myriad ways that that return to love is happening in any moment, then that's, you know, that's really my, my highest level of fulfillment. Um, so it, it starts, it starts in that place. And I feel like there's more I could say, but I want to just pause and see if yeah, you have questions or responses. I mean, I think that's really beautiful. <laughs> I don't know if I have any questions. I just think, um, yeah, no questions. Kylie, do you have questions? No, I, I appreciate, um, I appreciate that you're sharing with us, right. That it's not always the, it's not always immediately accessible, right? Like our humanness is, uh, you know, we're here for the full range of human experience. Um, and I love what you're talking about of kind of setting the intention of like, you know what your center is. And so, okay, I have to, how do I get myself to the place of being willing and able to say I surrender and like, let's go. Yeah. And, and then to speak more to like, what does surrender actually look and feel like for me, it, to me, surrender is it's, it goes hand in hand with sovereignty. Sometimes when I'm surrendering to God, I feel like a little baby angel who's just like, I don't know what's going on. Please help me. You know, and I feel, mm. and I say that to people like talk to God, whoever you want, curl up in the fetal position and whisper, like scream, throw stuff. I will just drive my car and yell like happy, sad, angry, you know, yeah. I just expressing it all. Um, but there's sort of a core frequency for me where I feel almost like I'm like a knight who's very strong, who's like, 
like kneeling before God being like, here's my sword, like, tell me which way to use it. <laughs> and, and knowing that I have a choice, I could do whatever I want with my life. Mm-hmm. I could do anything, but I choose to be aligned with, with love and I, and, and with my creator. And I choose to believe that there's a design and, and a collaboration available to me. And so I know that I actually have to be aware of how strong I am in order to surrender because God respects my word. Yeah. And you can create something more magical together when you acknowledge, like, uh, I got just for context, I got like full body chills when you were talking about that night image. I was like, yep, I can see it crystal clear. That's a, that's a real thing. (laughs) Um, yeah. That like, when we acknowledge, we think of surrender as like weakness, which I think is part of what you speak, speak to. Right. But what you're, what you're saying is that like we bring our strength and our own power to, to the surrender. And that's how we can make something magical. It's kind of what I'm hearing you say. Totally. And, and it's, to me, there's a responsibility. Like I think religion has, has tainted certain things where it's like this energy of like, I'm helpless without God. Like mm. I, like I'm, I'm a little speck of sand. And from one perspective, we are like, I'm, there's a lot going on in the world and I'm very small in, in physical proportion to it. <laughs> there's, right. there's a smallness, but um, but yeah, I, I often feel like God is using me with my sight and my words on earth. Like I pray all day, every day. I'm like, and, and I can feel the power of my words where I'm like, God, I see that person over there. Please bless them, bless them. Like make sure no one hurts them. Like, God, I'm noticing this thing happening with everybody's email servers. Like, can you please fix that? Like, and, <laughs> and just offering up and being specific too. I was talking to a friend about that today. Like, you know, I bring it all to God where I'm like, Hey, here's the this, this situation, you know, I want to feel super connected to these people, but I don't want to feel like my sovereignty is being infringed upon. I want to live in the woods, but also by the ocean. I want everybody to have all the food that they need. And I also don't want to have to work too much. And I, you know, like mm-hmm. bringing, bringing all the observation in that it feels mm-hmm. very like North Node in Gemini as we are right now to me where, yeah, there's, it, it's a collaboration and I'm clear on what I am and am not willing to experience um, and then still I'll say the, the last thing I'll say about surrender is that it feels physically like I'm holding something inside of me. Like if you think about how does it feel to hold a problem in you that you're like trying to figure out and it kind of like, it's hanging around like somewhere in your stomach mm-hmm. your throat, or your mind and you're kind of carrying it around and you're kind of waiting for something to change. You're like, is it going to move from like my stomach to my small intestine or like <laughs> what's, <laughs> what's going to happen <laughs> And for me, it's like this excavation where I say, literally, here's the entire situation. All my thoughts, all my ideas, all my dreams, all my hopes, all my worries. Here it is. And I feel myself like pick it up from inside me and hold it up. Mm. And and I say, just bring me back only that which I'm meant to have and restore Mm -hmm. the whole situation to love. And I do that with almost every person in my life every day because I'm just like, I don't know, God, Mm -hmm. show us. I love this so much because one of the things I'm hearing in this is like (laughs) the incessant mind chatter and worry that all of us are walking. You're basically like, here's a tangible thing to do with it, right? Like if you haven't, you know, reached, uh, you know, you know, Buddha nature where you've managed (laughs) to like (laughs) let those peacefully float by, how about lifting them up and offering them and turning worry into a prayer and that just feels so accessible 
Mm. Yeah. It also sounds fun to be honest. Yeah. Like I, I'm always reminded, like, I just, I just have to say, Aaron, I'm, um, I feel like I took a muscle relaxer or something because listening to your words, I'm just like, I feel washed over by warmth and I'm just like chill. I don't even have any questions because I'm just like, your words are so comforting, but I love being in the presence of people who really embody this stuff. Like, I think that's, that in itself is really powerful, but also you're reminding me of like, and you know, so again, I, for, I, I forget and then I come back, I forget and come back, but like, um, this, this constant conversation is always available and I almost feel like I, when I'm not doing that, I'm missing out. Cause I, I, I miss out on having this really fun conversation with source. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It makes me so happy to hear that. And, and I, and I love that as that reminder too, of like trusting our bodies, you know, trusting like that we know truth by my mentor once said to me, truth hits like peace. Mm-hmm. You know, it brings us that feeling of relaxation. And what you were saying, Kylie, about like, you know, until we hit the Buddha nature, we're, we can kind of be surrendering things over. One of the jokes that I have is that anything that hits my inbox gets automatically forwarded to God. And that's, <laughs> that's really what I do. We're like, I'll be like, oh shit, there's a fear. And I'm like, God, take this fear from me. And I'll literally just like, people who hang out with me in person, will, they can attest to the fact that I pray out loud a lot. And I'm just like, and it'll often just be like, God, relieve me of this impending suffering. <laughs> take <laughs> from me. But from another perspective, that surrender is the Buddha nature thing. Like I often mm-hmm. see it as a river. I'm like, you know, yeah. what's so different from maybe the, the Buddha nature people are holding the worry a little just for a shorter period of time. But I do feel like the thoughts are coming to tea, as they would say, yeah. and then I'm putting them in the river <laughs> and I'm just returning them to the stream of all that is on a regular basis rather than holding them within myself. Oh, I have that's a, interesting. I love that. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I, I have a question. It's a little bit of a, of a, of a new venture, but um, so as I mentioned, I've been kind of thinking a lot about surrender lately. And um, one of the things when I kind of tuned into myself to say like, well, where's the resistance to surrender, right? Like let's do, this is my, like, my big thing is like, get curious about whatever's popping up, right? So when I ask, when I tune into the resistance, what comes up is this idea of like, I don't want to be made a fool, right? Like, I don't want to go all in on like, yeah, okay, God, God has got me, you know, and this is like a deep, like, this is like a deeper voice, right? This isn't, um, but this idea of like, if you surrender and trust in God, you'll be made a fool, right? And I know that there are other people that this is popping up for because I've been, you know, because I read their records. <laughs> Wait, when, you, when, when you say you're gonna be made a fool, meaning like, yeah, can you, Yeah. Like this idea of like, okay, you know what? I'm not going to stress about, you know, if, you know, what my family and I are, have been wanting to move for a while. So let's just use that as an example, right? Of like, I'm not going to stress about whether or not the house is there. I actually have dreams. I guess I have dreams, this very specific house by a lake that like, I like on some level believe is like our family's home. Right. Uh, And then conscious me has all sorts of stories about that. Um, uh, or thinking mind me. Um, and so there's two options. Well, there's always a million options, but there's one option that's like, I'm just going to be in surrender and faith. I'm like, I'm going to stop trolling Zillow. I'm just going to trust that like, I'm going to have the ping of when I need to find the house or whatever the example is, right? And then there's another part of me that's like, don't be a fool. Like who just thinks that they've prayed about a house and the house is going to show up, right? You're, you're, you're better off staying in hustle mode because otherwise you'll be made to like, 
totally like it's naive like the emperor has no clothes kind yeah, of vibe totally. right okay yeah. yeah so it's like naive or you're not doing what you need to be doing you're flopping over like yeah all of those yeah like, yeah i think that's it, it right it. that like to have like have to have faith in god is somehow yeah naive and silly and i think i can't be the only one and since this is kind of your specialty <laughs> uh, <laughs> what would you say to that kind of it's crazy where life takes us. I'm like, how did this end up being my specialty? But <laughs> I think about that all the yeah. time, all the and, time. And also it's just for now, who knows what's going to happen, exactly, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Um, so fun. Yeah. Thank you, God. Um, so for me, again, it's like, I let, it's like, let's our, let our experience be our guide. For me, I've had enough experience that I just know that when I'm pushing and I'm reaching for something outside of myself, it doesn't work. And, and that, that could be a universal truth. Some people say it is. It's at least what's very true for me that when I'm, I know what it feels like to be churning in the same version of this simulated physical reality, looking for something new that's not there because I'm still in that version of the parallel reality <laughs> versus moving through different different versions of reality where there are different options and new things are like buffering in like I'm also looking at homes right now and I just know if I refresh Zillow right now there ain't gonna be nothing for me I just feel it yes yes (laughs) I just know and and so in that moment it's like also an act of self-love I'm like I could like fry my eyeballs looking for that a little bit more and get a little bit more stressed about if there's you know all the little fears that are attached to it or I could say like the most logical thing for me to do is to make myself available to a new experience. Mm-hmm. And that's what I say to my clients who are really, who are triggered by surrender, who are like, like, what the F does that even mean? Like the only reason I'm alive is because I've been fending for myself since I was a kid. Yeah. Like so many people have that. Um, and so for me, I'm, the way I think about it too, is like we each have our own stream. Like water is really big for me. I always see it in water terms. We're each our own stream. And then God is like the source like the biggest, widest, most intense river ever. And so for me, surrender is also about saying like, I wouldn't mind making my stream available to more of the big stream so that something new could come in. And I'm willing mm. to perceive something that I, that I can't see yet. And that comes from a deep faith place and also from a quantum physics place where I'm like, we're only seeing like 0.036% or maybe even less of everything that's possible for us to see. So there mm. could be a house out there, but if I'm just churning with my current set of like fears and hopes and dreams and wounds, it's not gonna come in. And actually I'll give a specific example because I bought a car a couple of months ago and I had this vision of the car that I wanted and I'm like on the things looking every day. I have like a couple of false starts, like I think it's this car. And, and I want something very specific. I'm like, I want it to be this look and I don't want it to be more than this price and it needs to be in this area. And I just, it felt like I was just playing chess with my physical reality. I was like, oh, I'm just like, none of this feels magical. None of this feels yeah. like- Yeah, it felt like it's more strategic at that point. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I had a couple moments of being like, I knew I was like, I put in an application on like a couple different cars. And I was like, if I'm honest, like I'm not gonna get this because I don't feel like it's mine. And then I'm refreshing Craigslist. I'm like, am I gonna have to- re- return my rental car or, or, you know, extend it. And then I just had a moment where I was like, okay, God, I'm being insane right now. (laughs) I would like a car. Price, description, location, 
like free me from the prison of my mind. I love yeah. you so much. I'm willing for a new experience. And then like, I think the next morning it was like, I just felt the nudge, check Craigslist and the exact car that I wanted had just been posted and I went and I bought it. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's awesome. Yes. Actually, yeah. What I want to point out from that is that people, like, I think like it, it does sometimes end up being quite practical, meaning like, yes, at first, maybe you're looking at like, um, I don't know, in the house example, you're looking at Zillow, but, and, but when you surrender, it doesn't mean you don't go back and like, look at Zillow with it. You don't go back and look at Craigslist at some point. It's just that in the right timing that is right for you in the right, with the right download of, of information that comes in that moment after you've surrendered. <laughs> it feels like God is like trying to reduce the entropy on our lives, right? It's like that churn or that it's like, you're going to find the house. I was going to find the car. Yeah. And so God's like, I can spare you from this several nights of being stressed out. Right. And, and, and it can come in this, this other way. And it made me think also of this, I think it's Dave Ramsey, that debt freedom guy who says, I think he's Christian. He's like, God gives the birds, the twigs, but he doesn't build the nest. And (laughs) (laughs) it's like, we're, we're still participating in life. Um, Mm -hmm. And for me, surrender is like knowing that it's allowing my reality to become new in every moment. Yeah. The, the, the thing that I'm thinking about, we had a whole series um, a while ago on manifestation and, um, and even I came to that with lots of questions and wanted to sort of like pick at it. Not, um, yeah, just, we had, we had our questions about that, that. And um, one of the things about you know, the way manifestation sort of new age spirituality has talked about that always doesn't quite feel right for me is this idea of like, we'll just, you know, claim it and move on. And I'm realizing and listening to you because for me, what is missing in that formula, and this is just for me, I don't think this is for everyone, is this love piece. Because what you're speaking about is like, state what you, what it is that you are ready to receive and then like lift, give that up with love to God. And that's why you can walk away from it. Um, and so anyway, something is clicking for me that the reason that kind of manifestation advice always falls flat for me is I'm like, what do you mean that I don't do anything with it? But there is something very specific that you're doing with it. It just is not an act on material. So totally. And, and from one perspective, like, I love that you're bringing this up because from my perspective, it's, it's like the missing thing is love because the reason that when people, sometimes people surrender things, they're like, I want this, it's coming, I'm manifesting it. It's like, if you have a distorted sense of self-worth, AKA, you don't feel worthy of God's love and you don't feel, do you feel like there are parts of you that are inherently unlovable? You're not going to get the thing that you want necessarily because yeah. there's a sort of sense of inherent deserving and self-worth and, and it being natural for you to be provided for that really makes quote unquote, you know, conscious manifestation work. And so for me, the relationship with God creates that because I'm like, yeah. I'm loved, like God is working on this with me and I know that I deserve it. And when I'm praying into it, it it is in some ways a way of like strengthening my feeling of deserving to receive it. Yeah. Mm, Yeah. Oh, I like that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's great. And then going back to what you were saying about kind of turning worry and mind chatter into prayer, it's also like, okay, I've asked, like I've, I've offered up to God with love, my need for a new car, my desire for a new car. And then every time the mind chatter is like, but is it really going to happen? Should you obsessively scroll Craigslist? You have this gift of like, nope, I'm going to offer that worry back up. So it's I'm, just kind of reinforcing. Our God, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it keeps saying, because maybe 
I mean, that day, you know, you went on Craigslist, but in other situations, it might take longer. Like there are going to be some things that don't happen immediately, maybe for a reason, because I do believe in divine timing and you have to continue to commit to that. And that's where like trust really comes in. And that's where I feel too, like God has had me in such a deep curriculum on this for years now, but it feels like it's been so pronounced recently is like, I can feel how I don't receive things if they're going to confirm a belief that is not, not based in eternal truth. Like if there's a part of me that thinks that I'm actually going to feel more worthy by achieving something, (laughs) receiving something, God's like, I ain't going to bring that to my beloved angel baby because then my beloved angel baby is still going to think that something in the external world makes him worthy. Yeah. Oh my God, Aaron, this is fucking gold right here. I don't know if I should laugh or cry. Seriously. (laughs) I feel so fucking called out. Me too. I I feel so called out too. It's like, no, but you're, and I love this because what you're helping me see is that, yeah, like if God were to continue to give me things that are not in alignment with truth, capital T truth, I reinforce falsehood. Like, oh my God. I, I just, I just feel like, I don't know. I just feel like something, some bail was just open and I was like, holy shit, I need to go and reassess, do a little bit of assessing yeah. after this podcast. Episode. Yeah. The energy in my body is like scrambled at the moment of like, oh, that was some, <laughs> that was some hot truth we needed. Yeah. <laughs> which, which comes back down to what you were saying earlier. It all is really just grounded in just connection to self and, and, and self-love because when you do feel ultimately like whole, you aren't looking for things outside of you to, to whatever, to make you feel whole, blah, blah, blah. We, yeah, we know this. So, yeah. oh, this is so good. Yeah. For me, it's like not about that perfectionism either. It's like, you know, I, I think about almost just like the, the parent-child relationship where it's not like you have to be like totally whole and perfect and complete and like Buddha nature, like one with everything and do not desire anything in order for anything to come to you. But it's like, you have to be clear where your worth comes from and, and yeah, to feel, you don't have to do anything, but mm-hmm. yeah, in my experience, it's like you, you get to play with the physical reality and receive what you want when you feel that sort of that sense of inherent coziness and, and knowing that nothing could make you more perfect than you already are. Yeah. Yeah. And again, coming back to paradox, cause every time, I mean, we talk about spirituality, there's no spirituality, I feel like, without paradox. But the paradox uh, is, uh, is like, yeah, it's everything. Explained. Exactly. It's all just like a, a big riddle and rhyme. But I think this whole idea of being whole, it isn't about, the way that I think about it is just accepting this present moment, how you are now. Like liberation is, I think this is another thing that my mentor says, liberation is just accepting where you are now rather than where you think you should be. So it's just, there's no... It's not like you, you do all these things and you're whole. It's just, can you be just right here, right now in this present moment, however shit is like, good, like, you know, without the labels of good or bad or whatever. And that's like, that's like the whole, the whole game. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I have one more question. Um, Great. I want to be my full time, but. I'm, I feel chill. I'm, I'm flowing in the stream of eternal now. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Perfect. I was just curious about, um. Have, I know that I was listening to another podcast that you were on and the laundry list of organizations that you've worked with and some, and you've worked with some corporations, like it's just, you know, so, so long. So have you been able to merge this work of speaking about using the word God in more public arenas, especially in like the corporate world? I was wondering if there's some, any like crossover there. And if so, what's the reception? 
Yeah, the my work has, has taken me through many different iterations. You know, I, I started out as an activist when I was very young as a teenager, always involved in social justice work. Te- you know, I taught in different capacities, um, did really deep diversity and inclusion and like conscious culture design work for a really long time. And it was through that work that I reconnected with the truth of metaphysics and the way that the inside reflects the outside and the inner healing is necessary for the collective healing that we want. And I do a little bit less corporate work these days, um, but not because I speak about God mm-hmm. I and, and metaphysics. Where I feel like I'm at is I'm just, I say what's true for me. And then there's an invitation that whoever resonates will participate. And there's really no, no stress or concern about who exactly that might be. I'd say that more of the work that I do that's corporate adjacent is leadership coaching for people who are leading big organizations and companies who aren't necessarily ready to, or even, yeah, on many levels, ready to have a more spiritual conversation with their whole organization, but are like very clear that they need to get right with their soul destiny and and their just internal integration and internal healing in order to do what they're, they're here to do. And it feels like, yeah. And it feels almost even like when I think about corporate stuff, that whole paradigm feels like it's changing so dramatically because more and more people, it's just going to, I think it's just becoming obvious to everybody that whether people are talking about neuro, they're looking at it from neuroscience and metaphysics rather than like a more God-centered spirituality. There's an unseen realm that we have to get into right relationship with. Yeah. Oh, I'm so happy to hear that. So I have like zero connection with the corporate world. So I have no, I don't have like an in, but but I love hearing you say that because I have this just ongoing feeling that I do feel like we're kind of moving in that direction. And if it's even becoming, like you said, like, I think there's a general, I have hope that gives me a lot of faith. Like if even in the corporate world, regardless of like what their entry point is, like, I don't really care if that's, if that's a conversation that's happening in the corporate world, that seems like, that seems like really promising and like progress. <laughs> and I see it happening in so many different ways, including just like, you know, I get access to some of the top leaders, but then I also see like, you know, I'm sure that there are people who listen to your podcast who are working in corporations right now, yeah. who are talking to their coworkers and like pulling tarot cards over lunch and, you know, talking about, I mean, the last corporate job I worked like many years ago, I was like that person who was like, who wants their astrology discussed over lunch? Yeah, I mean, Kylie and I, I was, were both. I was a sales people. director when we started this podcast. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Even that, you know, it's like, I see it permeating and I see, I just see the return to love. I see the rehydration of love into, it's like a flood and water seeks its own level. You know, like nothing's going to be untouched. I also feel like as, like, as we remember our sovereignty and our kind of connection to infinite love, we can't help but shift the way we show up and what we have access to in terms of like our deep inner knowing and our, our, our connection to our powerful gifts. And the more and more people who are like really deeply in touch with their own sovereignty, like it, it just changes everything without us having to, right. Without us having to, um, you know, when you were speaking, Aaron, about this moment in May and June where you kept having to say, like, oh, the big thing is that I surrendered to God. I was thinking back to March when COVID hit. And the only way I can describe it is that some part of me woke up and was like, oh, this is what we came here for. <laughs> and I just started talking about this collective ascension of humanity. And half of my brain was like, what the fuck are we talking about? <laughs> right. Like literally half my brain was like, this is not a real thing. And then but the this other 
kind of more powerful part had stepped forward. It was like, just chill, I'm in charge now. Um, and and that is something I believe so fully and I, and I see it, I really feel like I see it happening and it doesn't require us to consciously organize from, from my vantage point, from my particular set of skills to consciously figure out how we're gonna scramble and change corporate America. It just requires each of us individually to like wake up to how powerful and loved we are. And then it just changes as a matter of course. Completely. Yeah, I just saw the most beautiful image of that. And that is another way where I'm like, if if you're willing, surrender to God, to me, from my vantage point, is a beautiful shortcut to that in some ways for us, where it's like, not shortcut, but it's like, if everybody was like, I devote my life to infinite love, and I'm willing to have a new experience of what it means to be a human being. I mean, and many, many, many people are already doing that. And that is why our, our world is changing. Yeah. 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 Oh, it's beautiful. Mm. Okay. I could talk forever, but I'm sensing we've reached the, the kind of yeah. downward. <laughs> I mean, I feel very like um, detox. Like I asked all the questions that I want to ask, but Kylie, did you have any other last questions? Well, let me ask you this, Erin. If there's one, you know, the, the, the process of spiritual awakening, you know, I think there's a phase in the beginning, actually kind of the phrase I was just talking about where like some part of us is so lit up and awake and alive. And there's another part that is like, oh, cool. We're losing our goddamn mind. Right. And there's that <laughs> moment. And I, I know that some of our listeners are in that like liminal space. Um, is there something you would say specifically to that part of the journey? Yeah. Oh, what a beautiful journey it is. I'm just like thinking fondly about myself, like in various rooms in the fetal position throughout my life, being like, <laughs> what is happening? Um, yeah. And I think, yeah, just to even receive the love that maybe you can, like, if you're listening to this and you feel that right now, just to like feel the love and feel just that, I just how, how not alone you are. And just that so many people are moving through this to understand that they're, that you're going to have every emotion that there's grief that's a part of this because we've believed things that aren't true and we've been traumatized into not knowing who we are. And so to give yourself the grace and the space just to be in a relationship with all aspects of yourself and something I like to do, this is going to be, you asked for one thing, but there's a bunch of different things coming through. <laughs> I like, I like to call a council of selves, you know, to say like, okay, like what's the part of me that's like super woke and like talking to aliens and and Jesus and like ready to just like you know build the rainbow bridge and what's the part of me who's like but I liked my old life or mm. I feel uncomfortable or I feel scared or I feel like people are going to think I'm crazy like making space for all of those parts of you and yeah. a simple practice is just to say I love the one who it's from a teacher named Matt Kahn I love the one who's woke I love the one who thought they were woke I love the one who's scared I love the one who's excited and making space, um, making space for it all and, and, and really deeply not pressuring yourself to be feeling any other, like your feelings are not a problem. Mm. Yeah. You're, you're yeah. feeling the way you do for a reason. Um, and then the last thing I'll say is that I do invite people, if you are doing that surrender to God, I, I invite people to do what is what I call like a universal rider. Like a rider is what like a musician would say, like, okay, I'm coming to, to sing at this venue and I need these things. And to really say, I, for me, this is a way of like glitching the martyr programming or the part of us that feels like we have to take on so much or we're losing so much, but to say like, okay, God, I'm, I'm in this and 
you know, feel free to take away any desires that are within me that are not for my highest good. But right now, here's what I feel like I need to feel supported to take my next step. And letting yourself just acknowledge those desires and needs that are already there and being willing to be surprised by how supported you can be. Oh, I love this. And I, without using that language, I've had a moment myself. I'm curious, Eva, if you've had something similar where I stood in front of my altar and I was like, all right, God, I'm in. Like, you want me to like, whatever weird shit you want me to say, whatever, like, you know, whatever, whatever it is, whatever this message is that I'm a vehicle for, like, I'm in, these are my conditions, you know? And for me, it was a lot around like the security and safety for my family, um, in part because of past life trauma <laughs> and in part because of like conditioning and stuff. Anyway, um, and in part because I love my family and I want my kids to get to go to Disney World whenever the fuck they want, right? And so, <laughs> so I had this moment and I just, and, and it, what was a gift in it was it also reminded me that our, my relationship with God gets to have boundaries. You know, we, we are such a weird relationship with boundaries that we forget they get to show up with God. Right. But, Mm -hmm. um, but it felt really beautiful um, to just, and, 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 and has continued to be a source of comfort that I was like, Nope, like God agreed to my condition. So like, we're good. We can keep moving along. Um, So I, I really love that kind of very practical gift of yeah, universal writer. That. Have you yeah. used that before, Eva, something like that? I've, I've made agreements with God. That's usually what I call yeah. it, but I love this universal writer. But yes, agreements with God. And ultimately, yeah, it always comes to, I always, it's interesting. I always think it's like, oh, I need this and this, but ultimately I can tell for me, what I'm always just craving is safety. Like I just yeah. need to feel like, you know, the lowest common denominator under all those things, all these other, all these conditions. Like I want this amount of money or I need this, what, whatever material thing. It's only because I'm seeking safety. And so- safety that's what it comes down to, but I haven't done that in a while. And I'm really thinking like, I think this would be a really good practice for me to revisit. And the thing that comes to my mind too, is that like the real source of, the real source of safety is surrender as you would, but you know, like everything we've been talking about is actually how we access safety. (laughs) Yeah, totally. But also surrender, I think because there's so much programming that people are clearing, especially when they like are still maybe feeling like they have to like, like God is a little bit might be disappointed with them or they have to do the right thing and big things are coming up and they're realizing things. It's like, we can feel like we're being like made to surrender and be mm. very intense thing where you don't see your friends for a week. Cause you're just purging all your trauma. And it's like, you could say <laughs> maybe that, I mean, been there, yeah. it's great. Do it on a regular basis, but, but also for you to feel your choice in that. Yeah where it's not just like I'm in some like divine slip and slide, like into the, the underworld, but, but saying like, I feel scared right now. If this is what I'm supposed to do, please guide me, God. If I could experience this through ease and joy, please let it be so. And just beginning to practice the voice out loud of um, yeah, asking for what you need because, and remembering that even with all our technical understanding of like, we're ascending and we have all this work to do and we're raising our vibration to be calibrated to this different place it's still just a return to love. And so if we're being mean to ourselves in the process, right. that's not it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Our thinking yeah. minds are so sneaky. They're yep. like, oh, I see this game. I can totally <laughs> I can use this tool. Always <laughs> creeping in through the back door somehow and then you don't even know it's there. You're like, damn it. Spiritual <laughs> yes, yes, yes. drill sergeant now. Yeah. 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 It's, yeah it's, it's tricky because these things can get distorted, you know? Yeah. But if it doesn't feel like love, I mean, I think that's a really good barometer. Mm. Like if it doesn't, like what you, there's so many wonderful quotable things that you said in here. And like, what was it? The thing that your mentor said about 
truth feels truth like peace. Like peace. Yeah. yeah. Like if it doesn't, like you can tell your body will tell you like yeah. you, you can, we all know what it's like when our body feels like it's in a vice grip and we're just like, Argh! and it, it does, it's not that <laughs> just know that it's not that. Yeah. Um, I just also love what you said about how God has boundaries. <laughs> like, yeah. ah, so good. That's so respectful. Yeah. yeah. I, I heard this story. I don't know if it's true. And I love stories like that. You know, I'm like, who knows if this story is true, but I heard that from the Muslim perspective on the story of um, Jonah and the whale, someone told me, and she told it very evocatively that, so Jonah was told by God, go to Nineveh and like, go deal with these people who are about to like be, you know, they're, they're getting in trouble. And Jonah was like, absolutely not. I'm going this other direction. So he had sovereignty, but God also knew he had a divine destiny. And so God asked the, the whales to take Jonah and like help redirect him. And the story goes that God asked one whale and the first whale said no. And God was like, okay. And then God asked the second whale and the, that whale was like, sure, I'll do it. And like that, for me, that, that story, it's like, it's so simple, but it stands out because it's like one whale got to be the famous Jonah and the whale whale. And the other one, who yeah. knows what they did, but they made their choice. And like, that was honored. Yeah. 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 Um, I, it also makes me think about, um, this message that came through, uh, when I was working with someone in their records recently that I love so much. And it was this idea of like, we are all here to help, but we can't help unless you invite us in. And the image was like, you're in a room and your chair is faced at the corner of the room and you're talking and yelling and crying at the corner of the room. And the room is full. The room is like bursting with angels and loved ones and guides. And like, we're all here. We just need you to turn the chair around. And I think I've been thinking, I've thought about that like almost daily ever since like, okay, do I need to turn my chair around? I think I need to just turn my chair around. Yeah. Mm. <gasps> uh, okay. We should do our joy round. Yeah. Yeah. This has been so fun. Yeah. This yeah. Has been <laughs> just, like, so clearly on your divine path too, like just the level of like ease and joy in this space and just how present you are. It's so beautiful. Oh, thank you thank so you. much. Yeah. Thank I mean, so we, we both love doing this work. It's just, it's truly an honor. Yeah. 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 Um, Aaron, what's one thing that's bringing you joy right now? The first thing that comes to mind is the fact that I got to hang out with a bunch of alpacas the other day. <laughs> yes. Alpaca farm near where I live. And my friends have like a multi-year relationship with this like family of alpacas. And I'd never met them before. And I went on Friday and, and I got to meet them. And their favorite alpaca who's like, you just look at her and you're like, you know, she's the sweetest one. <laughs> very standoffish. And I, and she didn't want to talk to them. Like, and usually she's just all over them. And somehow I got to be the one to broker the relationship. Oh. <laughs> During this heart meditation, I was like, I see your golden heart alpaca. Here's my heart. It's <laughs> for us to be together. And I'm like sort of meditating closer to me. And then she just like came and we were just all like, it was freezing cold in the snow. We were just all snuggling her and just such a pure experience like mm -hmm. uh, oh of God. innocence and, and joy. And also just like being with friends and being with yeah. friends super professional and like do a million things in the world and are like you know just powerful and very serious in some ways and all of us just being like we love these baby alpacas <laughs> and like we're almost getting frostbite because we don't want to leave the snow and yeah it was oh. just a beautiful experience oh, okay. yeah I mean animals are also just one I think like being around animals I think it's just good for the soul as well yeah. and being yeah. like chosen by a baby or oh yeah how affirming is, is that like <laughs> I'm doing something right in my life. <laughs> yeah, I think it was like some deep part of me was like, I am still like pure and innocent. Yeah. <laughs> it was like affirming for some part of me that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that. 
All right, Eva. I don't think there are alpacas in Phoenix, but no, no what? alpacas. But um, actually, Kylie, you can tell me. Have I shared about my compost before? I can't remember. No, but I'm all <laughs> ready for it. So okay. Much. <laughs> okay so here's the thing i live in a one-bedroom apartment apartment in phoenix so like i live in the city i don't have like a backyard or anything um i am very looking forward to like once i move into an open space that outdoor composting i just imagine it's going to be so fun but there's a service in my city called recycled city where you they pick up your compost so i have i have this little thing on my counter where i throw away my, my compost and then i dump that out into my bin outside and they come like once a week twice a week and they pick it up and then the other cool thing is like they give me soil that mm. that's like you know that that's been composted so it's like basically like black gold because this stuff is so nutritious but i just want everyone to know about this because if you have the luxury of composting outdoors that's already great but there's something so gratifying about knowing that my waste is going to go back into the earth and it's yeah. not going to be wasted and it's so simple it's literally so simple like this is such an easy thing that we could like anyone could do it's really not that much of an extra step and it would be so good for the earth. And mm -hmm. I have to take out my trash. I like take out my trash. I don't know, maybe once every like two weeks, once I just very rarely, because my trash doesn't smell like a lot of the food, the waste that we have in our trash is actually food waste. And then it gets smelly. Yeah. And then we have to throw that away. But when you don't do that, you like skip this whole extra step. It's such an awesome system. So I'm like very passionate about it. And I feel very like, accomplished. Like I've done something every single day when I'm like taking my compost out. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so for anyone who lives in a city, but you still want to be able to do this, you should definitely go online, Google and see if they we're, have me. We're going to put this in the show notes guys. Yeah. 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 So it's recycled this city, is that Phoenix, <laughs> but, but for, for other places, if you're living in a big, big city, I think they should have yeah. this for you too. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, I love this. Yeah. I love, I love about you, Kylie? So yeah. Do you, do you also <laughs> do you compost? Well, so you're normally in like New York city though, right? I've, I was basically completely nomadic from 2018 till 2020. And in okay. January of 2020, God told me that it was time to settle down um, and, and said, you need to get a house by the middle of March. Um, so <laughs> very precise. That's a whole other divinely guided COVID story. But um, yeah, I do compost. And to me, that's like, I feel the essence of like that, the joy of being in right relationship with like all of creation. And yeah, that. with earth. It's like, this, it's a, you're a, I feel like I'm completing a cycle that I was missing out on actually for so long and yeah I don't know so there's something really beautiful about it yeah yeah All oh right. and you can recycle hair I have so much hair I could talk about that you can recycle <laughs> paper towels like my hair is just over everything so like you can yeah there's just so much stuff that can go back into the earth and that brings me so much joy <laughs> I also love this and I'm totally going to do it because it's actually been on my list for a while, like on that like list that we all have that's, you know, um, but one of the things I think about a lot is like how to, how to show my kids how to be stewards of the earth. Like I've started watching nature documentaries with my son yes. um, and like there, there's, um, yeah, I've just been like trying to think of like what are some tangible ways to make caring for the earth feel like a real thing rather than just an idea. And uh, composting is totally a fun one and it involves worms and who doesn't love worms? So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kylie, what's your joy for this week? So last night, uh, my husband and I were um, trying to figure out what to do. And we ended up watching a documentary about the Bee Gees, as in like Saturday Night or Saturday Night Fever, the Bee Gees, yes. Staying Alive. And um, it's a fine documentary. Like it's, it's, it's enjoyable. It's not like the best ever, but I... Had no, I, I hadn't really spent much time consciously thinking about disco and I hadn't really fully processed how much like the 
like anti-disco narrative <laughs> is racist and homophobic right like I just never thought about disco that much I was born <laughs> in the 80s and um and it, it isn't even the it isn't even the main theme of this documentary so but first of all this is a request listeners if you know of a good documentary about disco I would really like it so please tell me mm -hmm. um but yeah, it just made me reconsider this whole narrative of growing up of like my aunts and uncles kind of making fun of my one aunt who like still loved disco and yeah, just how like blatantly racist and homophobic that is. And then all day today, I was listening to the Bee Gees and like dancing and we listen to a lot of disco anyway, because it's great dancing music. And like, I have small kids, we have a lot of dance parties, but I just felt like, um, I felt like all of a sudden I was gifted permission to love something that is just really joyful and mm. fun. And it always feels good to like, uh, like to like let go of the baggage of, you know, racist patriarchy. <laughs> so yeah, I think joy, uh, my joy is disco and on That's the hunt awesome. now for <laughs> disco documentaries. Oh my God. I love this. I, I went through a disco phase as well. I, I think disco music is totally underrated. It's so yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. It's and awesome. for me, I'm like, I'm, I've been casting, I've been offering it up to God. I'm like, I'm ready for bell bottoms to make a comeback. <laughs> I would love that whole aesthetic to have another moment. Yeah. 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 I fully support you wearing bell bottoms. I love my straight leg jeans, but, uh, <laughs> but I, I, I see them, I see them, you know, showing it's up. It's only a matter of time. Yeah. Yeah. Platform, I don't know if I, yeah. yeah. I may just wear my all black uniform 24 seven, but I would <laughs> you want to yeah yeah I, I can get behind that <laughs> oh my god Aaron this was such a delightful conversation this was so much fun so where can people find you where can people follow along and do you have anything in particular that you'd like to encourage anyone to sign up for I know you have your membership now Amazing. Um, so yeah, there's so many good things going on right now, but basically my website is just theaaronrose.com. Um, and that's where you can kind of explore everything that I'm doing. Instagram is my, my daily check-in portal with the world. And that's just at Aaron X Rose. Um, and then the, the free tool that I always love to share with people is that I have something called the future world meditation, which is a way for folks just to really take that moment and practice a little bit of surrender and going beyond the narrative of what we expect the world to be to enlisting our consciousness and imagining a better one. Um, and that's at thefutureworldmeditation.com. Um, and then the last thing I feel called to share is that I have a program um, that's just coming out in the next couple of weeks called God is My Boss, which is basically based on my whole experience of really giving my life to God and how that was completely woven with the experience of becoming an entrepreneur and having this really soulful, like sacred experience of business and financial freedom and service. Um, and so that's at godisourboss.com. And that's all folks. And just, yeah, if, I always love to hear when folks start to follow me through a podcast, like to get a DM and to, you know, to hear um, like what resonated from the episode. So don't hesitate to reach out. Awesome. All right. Well, Thank you so much for sharing your magic with us. This was really, really delightful. Thank you. This was, yeah, so much fun, truly. And th thank you for doing what you do.